Season's greetings, everyone. My name is Brian. And my name is Michael. And I'd like to welcome you back into our home for the holidays. Uh, Not our home alone for the holidays, because we're together. And what do we do when we're together during this special time of year? Well, we make a list of Christmas movies, specials, episodes, whatever you can think of. And we check them not just once, but we check them twice. We check them twice. That's right, Michael. And we're back. We did this last year because, you know, it was sort of a dark time. Uh, The holidays were different. There was a pandemic. I'll say it. We're allowed to say it now. It's okay. Yeah, we will get demonetized from Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's right. And we won't be demonized either, hopefully. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know... You were going to cut that out. You told me. No. I I didn't say anything about cutting that out. I made no promises. Wow. Anywho, we are still in a pandemic, contrary to what some people may like you to believe. But we are still here as well to keep up the holiday cheer because we got to do something to make ourselves feel better right and yeah and last year checking it twice was such a resounding success that we decided to sell out and do it again that's that's exactly right michael we had a great run we did it once and we realized wait a second we have a podcast called checking it twice we got to do it a second time so here we are once again and fittingly enough, we're starting <laughs> this podcast, which will be a great follow-up with another great follow-up. And that follow-up is Home Sweet Home Alone. Home Sweet Home Alone was released November 12th, 2021 on Disney+. Plus. So very recently. Yeah, uh, just we're not just days. celebrating Christmas here. We're celebrating all the major holidays like Christmas and <laughs> Disney+. Plus. <laughs> That's true. It was released on Disney Plus Day. Yeah, we we have twice the amount of holidays this year. Mhm. And might I say, it was I think the the biggest the biggest part of that day, right? Like it was it was the release of that. Like they 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 announced some stuff about I don't know, there's some Star Wars stuff. There was a bunch of Marvel Whatever. stuff we already knew about, and they just showed, yeah. like, concept logos. Yeah, but they dropped a brand new movie from the Home Alone franchise. A feature film. Yeah. So, it's a it's a pretty big deal, everybody. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like people were particularly enthused about this movie coming out. I don't know, maybe you had a different impression on this, Michael. What did you think? Did you see a lot of uh, a lot of excitement surrounding this release? Um, I did see a lot of excitement. You know, this video has zero dislikes on YouTube. <laughs> Go sure check, does. check it twice. Check even. it again. Yeah, yeah. Now, according to the Wikipedia page, it has more than seventy nine thousand dislikes, but I don't see that. YouTube recently wiped the slate clean. There's no longer any dislikes. <laughs> yeah, we're available. dating this podcast. But the thing is. Who's to say if there were any dislikes on any of the trailers that they put out for this movie? People like Home Alone, right? So surely they want more of it. Listen, the first Home Alone wasn't expected to be such a major success. So people were downplaying this one too. They weren't expecting it to be a major success. Sometimes they're right. (laughs) I prepared for this movie. Because I was like, Michael, I have a vision. 
not only are we going to watch this movie and talk about it on Checking It Twice, it is going to be our opening episode for season two. That's how much confidence I had. Yeah, I was everyone so was waiting for Checking It Twice too. Everyone was waiting for Home Sweet Home Alone. It just works. That's exactly right. So I was like, all right, I feel like we all know what's coming here, right? They're doing another Home Alone sequel. This is not, in case, in case you didn't realize, it's not like, oh, they made Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 lost in New York and then they called it a day. They've been gone for years. No, there have been <laughs> more Home Alone movies since. There's been a third one, a fourth one, a fifth one. This is movie number six, everybody. <laughs> so here we are here we stand and i feel like we were expecting certain tropes to pop up in this movie so i said okay michael i know what i'm gonna do i am going to make a bingo card (laughs) and on this bingo card i'm going to put in each space everything that i think is going to happen in the movie i think they're gonna do like stuff like they're gonna make fun of like oh they can't they can't curse no cussing in this one like there was cursing in the original but this one isn't as edgy this one's on disney plus they're gonna do stuff like that there's gonna be i don't know like a a mean older brother they'll reference cheese pizza they'll have uh angels with filthy souls reboot as like a little meta joke of they're doing a home alone reboot some modern technology traps uh i heard something about buzz being in the movie i saw like a little bit in the trailer of that so i was like he'll probably mention kevin he's like a cop now he'll he'll reference kevin and in the free space i put not a good movie exclamation point exclamation point because i was that confident that this would not be a good movie and so we watched the film we just finished watching it and We've turned on our microphones, and we're here to discuss. Did did either of us get bingos? And is this, in fact, not a good movie? Well, that's what we'll discover over the course of talking about this movie. Don't 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 give it away, Michael. Don't give it away. I won't give anything. We got to keep them listening. We got to keep them listening. It's very unpredictable, just like the sixth Home Alone movie. You have no idea where it's going. So, the director of this movie is Dan Mazur. And you may be asking yourself, well, who the heck is Dan Mazur? Well, I'll tell like you. Brian was, just hours ago. <laughs> I was. No, just minutes ago, Michael. Uh, but then I looked it up, you see, and I realized, huh, you know, I don't know why. I guess I just assumed that the person you get to direct Home Alone 6 is going to be someone who's done a lot of, like, family movies of this nature like maybe they like directed mr popper's penguins or something like that kind of right that would like that would that would make sense when you're hiring a director for home alone six no it makes sense and based on how i'm like kind of building this up yeah you think that's that's what it is (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh dan mazer he is best known for the as the as the longtime writing and production partner of comedian sasha baron cohen so, <laughs> he is a writer on Borat, Bruno, uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, and he directed Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> so he does have, but he does have some uh, Christmas history. He was uh, a writer on Office Christmas Party. You remember that movie from 2016? Uh, no, I stopped watching The Office in season one. No, Michael. It had nothing to do with The Office or its Christmas specials. They just called it Office Christmas Party in hopes that you would think it was an Office movie Christmas reunion. Oh, 
oh, well, they got me. (laughs) (laughs) So right off the bat, it's like, all right, that's a little different than you would kind of expect. You know, like, that's that's a little weird. Well, you know what they say. Some holiday classics were meant to be broken. (laughs) As the poster said. Isn't that, that was the slogan, right? That was the slogan. Don't really get what exactly it means. I have a few thoughts, but we can get to that later when we're actually discussing the film. The the, the caption, I just checked. Holiday classics were meant to be broken, as literally (laughs) what it says on the poster. I I feel like they were trying to go for a, oh, broken bones, we're getting the burglars. Oh. But it, it has no... It's not similar enough to any phrases to, like, be obvious that that's what they're going for. <laughs> and it just no, sounds Michael. like, let's just break the reputation of a movie people like. No, 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 Michael. You misunderstand. They didn't break the reputation of the movie that people like. There are already so many Home Alone sequels at this point that don't matter, that there's no reputation to break. I feel However, like people don't know about those, though. That's true. They don't know. That's why they didn't call this Home Alone 6. They were like, okay. Well, yeah. We have to do another name so people don't know how bad the reputation for this film is. We'll sneak this one as a secret third Home Alone film. The slogan is accurate in the sense that this movie does break Home Alone. (laughs) And let's talk about how it breaks Home Alone, okay? Okay. So we start up on a scene that immediately you and I both felt like, What's happening? <laughs> Not like... in an exciting way, mind you. In a, in a way that was uh, diverting, I guess. I don't know about exciting, but diverting. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, we're, it, we're not, it, like, it felt like we were already supposed to know the dynamics of the characters. We're not in a house of the family, I, I should clarify. We are in a house belonging to Jeff and Pam McKenzie. Uh, Pam McKenzie is played by Ellie Kemper. Jeff McKenzie, played by Rob Delaney. And even though I don't think they got uh, top billing uh, in the film, they should have top billing. They should have. They were the main characters. Maybe maybe, maybe they did. Maybe in the, in, in the credits they are the I wouldn't know, listed. because when I was watching this film on Disney+, and you know how when you're watching something on Disney+, specifically a film or like a finale of something, it'll shrink give you a little recommendation but if you want to make it bigger again you can click it (laughs) well yeah Yeah. i had a little glitch it was small so i tried (laughs) clicking it to make it big again and it took me to the home page it it took you home (laughs) it took me home sweet (laughs) home alone away from the credits the credits flew away from me if you will in spite of what Wikipedia says, which lists Archie Yates, who played the kid, he was in Jojo Rabbit as, like, the friend. Like, that that lists him first, but the credits show Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney first. So, as it should be, because we, we start on them, they're trying to sell their house. Right, Michael? They have this open house. Right. Uh, they haven't told their kids about it yet, though. They have two kids, and they are none the wiser to these plans um because you know they're trying to make ends meet you know like uh i think jeff like he, he's lost his job uh he's musing about how annoying the, the cloud is in frustration because he what do you have a job at ibm is that what it was yes that's yes correct. and 
Yes. And then Pam, like, you know, she doesn't, she's not bringing enough money for them to keep their home. And it's just, it's, it, everything's all crazy. We cut to who you would think would be the main character. The the kid, uh, played by Archie Yates from Jojo Rabbit, and his mom. And he really has to go to the bathroom. So they're like, <laughs> really all right. does. All right, we have an idea. Apparently, the only the, the most logical solution is let's go into this open house. Let's pretend like we're interested in the house. And you can use the bathroom in there. Well, obviously, so, this was the most logical conclusion. Because as he states just moments later, what? Trying to get a bathroom with nine other kids around? <laughs> and some seamless exposition. <laughs> yes. He, he said, I can't wait to go home and share the toilet with nine blooming cousins, I think was, <laughs> I think was the phrasing. I wrote it down because I figured we would, <laughs> we would mention it. <laughs> so after Max is done with the bathroom, he walks out and sees these complimentary sodas that are being offered in the open house. And he asks if he could have one. And Jeff is like, no, it's, uh, it's a lot of sugar. It seems more like a decision that your parent has to make. And then Max sees this box of old dolls. One of them has a face, which is normal, but the face is upside down, which is really kind of weird. And like they even mention about like, oh, can like sell really well, like the mom says, because it's, you know, it's weird and, and rare. It's weird, too, because like the the kid makes this joke about how he looks like Frankenstein and the, and the, the and, and the guy's like, no. I look like Frankenstein's monster. And then the mom also comes in and is like, no, he doesn't look like Frankenstein. He looks like Frankenstein's monster. So like they both make jokes about the stranger looking ugly. <laughs> so right off the bat, I don't like the kid or the mom. Yeah, in a Halloween reference. This is no Christmas film. And then Jeff makes the joke, 5,000 bucks for an ugly little porcelain kid. I didn't get half that for selling my real kids. And, you know, even though they just insulted him to his face, uh, they don't laugh at his joke. And they're like, oh, it's kind of a tasteless joke. <laughs> Shouldn't say that, even though they literally were just joking about how he... <laughs> Why is this hideous like man making a joke? It's rude of him. There's some very casual conversation about Max getting in trouble. And it's like, oh, how's about we just spend Christmas in Tokyo without you? I'll leave Grammy with you. You know, said while we're not even seeing <laughs> the mom and son on screen. They're, they're showing this couple instead. Then it's like, oh, we're going home. No McDonald's for you. Oh, what a Max shame, Jeff says. And and the mom walks out. Jeff kind of walks out. And you see just Max there alone. And we linger on him. And then the camera shows the doll still in the box. The movie continues on. Uh, they th There is, of course, we start getting some more Home Alone-y type things back at the family's house of they're preparing to go on you guessed it a family trip they, but they're going to tokyo japan so it's different it's a different movie um and they're gonna have to split onto two different planes and it's around this point where i realized hang on listen to the music michael the music the music in this movie is the uncanny valley effect and what i mean by that is constantly you hear the score and you're like oh this sounds like the John Williams score from the original. And then it'll keep going and you'll be like, wait, not, it, it isn't quite, <laughs> but it's so distractingly close. Like you'll hear like three seconds and you'll be like, oh, that's definitely it. But it just, it makes it seem like it's an illegal knockoff. <laughs> it's very weird. The movie continues and you do start to get some of the actual music. In fact, we, we get a really specific one later on, but we have to save that. Because uh, first, 
uh, we see uh, this kid, you know, he's uh, perturbed about something, whatever. We're not spending a lot of time on it. He goes and he watches some cropped Roadrunner cartoons that fill a full 16 by 9 frame, <laughs> which they wouldn't because they're old cartoons. But he's laughing as he watches them and it's like, haha, like traps. He's a kid. He wouldn't know. That's right. He wouldn't know watching cropped 4-3 aspect ratio to 69 on Disney+. Plus. Like with The Simpsons. Still not forgiving you for that, Disney+. Plus. I don't care if you offer the correct version now. I don't care. So, <laughs> all that is happening. Meanwhile, we really are solidifying how Jeff and Pam uh, have, have fallen on hard times, right? Like, they really, they, they, they don't know what to do. They need money. They have to sell this doll, right? And also, in, in the meanwhile, this doesn't really make too much of a difference uh jeff's like brother and his wife show up who are like more of a success so it also i guess i mean it also kind of rubs in their face like haha you guys aren't successes they are wanting to sell the doll and then they realize wait where's the where's our doll and they go wait a second the kid stole it so uh jeff goes back by himself he goes to the household he sees the family like leaving and like in in the midst of all the commotion they're like oh what's the code they're trying to set the code for the alarm and they yell one 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 two so he hears it very very clearly and he goes he clocks it huh and he also sees they like put a key under the mat very very clearly it wasn't under the mat it was under like the potted plant right next to the oh, mat. i'm sorry it was under the yeah whatever <laughs> it was anyway it's in plain view that's way worse <laughs> Why would you not put it, I guess, under the mat is too easy. So let's put it in a place that's just, like, immediately visible without having to remove anything. They The family leaves. Um, they may be missing somebody, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> and Jeff is like, wait a second. I, th I see that box inside that must have the doll in it. I could go in right now, and I, and I could get it. Um... No, 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 no. What am I thinking? I'm, I'm crazy. Like, it, like he gets, like, a little paranoid because he thinks, like, cops are coming. Uh, but the cops aren't coming. It's the van and the random person walking their dog. Je Jeff goes uh, over to Pam, who, like, they're, like, singing at this, this rest home to, like, as carolers, as organized by Jim Rash, the dean from Community, who we were very excited to see drop in. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were both thrilled. Yes. And uh, the family, we realize, has gone to Tokyo, but alas, they have left their kid home alone. And when we cut away to see, like, we do see the, like, you know, the scene you would expect of the kid, like, waking up late and no one in the house is there. And then he does, like, the first, like, oh my gosh, hooray, and starts fooling around. Like, that all, that all happens. It's pretty quick, but it does happen. It felt weirdly quick. Felt weirdly quick. Like they know like we've even, seen this already. Like it wasn't even a weird, like quick montage. Like later in the movies, like yeah, it was like an hour. Then I was sad. Like, oh, an hour. <laughs> it's very so. Here's my comparison that I'm going to make, and I feel like this is a a really good comparison if you know the material I'm discussing. This feels like one of those, particularly like later. Phineas and Ferb episodes where the writers are just like, okay, the kids uh, in this one, they're, I don't know, they made like a like the ma magic trick thing, whatever. Anyway, the, in the Doofenshmirtz plot, in the Candace plot, like the kid stuff is minimal. 
especially in like this early setup stuff, as well as like the stuff with the mom, like is really minimal. Cause like we cut back over and like, we don't even see like the moment of realization when she's like, wait a second. We love, we left him at home. Like, no, we just, we cut in on it being like, what? Oh no, we did. We forgot him. <laughs> and they're like, or like they've already, they've already had like, they're in the middle of the discussion. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 weird, right? It, they it wasn't the a plot this time. The a plot was not their first world problems, as they put it in the movie. The a plot is the stuff going on with Jeff and Pam, and they're trying to figure out like, oh, like how are we gonna get this doll back? Are we able to like go and get it? Like because they're thinking like, hmm, well, it's just an empty like it's an empty house right now. We can wait to go get it later once the family comes back like we're not gonna like try to break in or anything crazy and then you get this whole part where ellie kemper her sister-in-law auntie may may uh as she refers to herself she buys that dress for her daughter um because she's like oh like i can't really afford to get you this nice dress i'm sorry it's too expensive and the auntie may may is like don't worry i got it for you and it's like sad because it's like oh she wishes she could get that for her daughter and then there's this scene, and this is the first time we get actual Home Alone music in the film, because she has, like, this memory set to somewhere in my memory from the original, uh, as they reminisce of, you know, kind of being a family uh, when the kids were younger, when they were more well-off, when they could have a good Christmas and provide for them. And it's in this moment that Ellie Kemper realizes, you know what? We need to, we need to break in. We need to get that doll. We need, we can't get rid of this house. We gotta, we gotta do this for our kids. They're robbers in this movie. They're like the the closest we have to wet bandits, but they're surprisingly sympathetically portrayed characters. And this movie completely belongs to them in a way that I think we didn't see coming at all. Right. I did not. I gotta give some credit on paper. Because I think it's really interesting to be like, let's take this uh, part uh, from the original, which was used as like, you know, kind of a very like emotional song that we were made to identify with our main characters, like our the Kevin, our protagonist, some old man Marley as well. You know, like we're using this song and we're recontextualizing it as sort of like the scene where the kind of antagonist, the pseudo antagonist realizes that she needs to like become an antagonist. I thought that was cool. I thought that was interesting. What did you think of that, Michael? I mean, I liked it too. I thought it was like a flash forward at first. Oh yeah. No, the kids were younger. Yeah, I thought it was her. Yeah. It, it ended up being a flashback of her reminiscing, but I thought it was like, Oh, I want to keep the house so we can have all these amazing uh, memories in the future. And I was like, why'd the TV downgrade? <laughs> Michael, the song is somewhere in my memory, not somewhere in my prophecy. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't know the entire Home Alone soundtrack. How could you? How could you not have it memorized? It's. I'm sure it's somewhere in my memories. Yeah. So, blah, 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 whatever kids having fun like the movie cares about the kid the minimal amount we're going to be talking about the kid <laughs> a minimal amount because trust us it doesn't matter this movie doesn't care about it this movie cares about like 
the doofenshmirtz <laughs> plot that that's what it cares about which like which fair enough which fair enough like it's focusing on the stuff that is new and it is just trying to get through the obligatory stuff as quickly as possible and on that level i can respect what they had to do because okay like think about it this way you have to make the sixth home alone movie and you think to yourself what's something that we can do that just is different but also like checks off all the boxes checks off everything on the bingo card well not everything on the bingo card i didn't get a bingo i'll just tell you right now but there's like still certain things that have to come up in a home alone movie you're gonna have to do like haha burglars need to get into the house the kid gets left home alone while the family goes on family vacation do you do the traps at the end you do all of that stuff but they i feel like there was an active effort to try to find some innovation to 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 the story like would would you agree with that absolutely yeah although i have not seen home alone four through through five so have you seen home alone three sometime in my life i saw home alone three somewhere in my memories I watched Home Alone 4 as a kid when it aired on Wonderful World of Disney and I had it like on tape. And the weird thing with that movie is that it is it is about like Kevin, but you know, it's not played by like it's all different actors and stuff. So like it's supposed to be the same continuity, I guess, weirdly sort of, even though there's supposed to say anyway. But yeah, no, they they made an effort to try to do something different here. Does it fully pay off is the question. And we'll get to that as we continue on with the movie. So, okay. So we we pick up with, you know, like I, I said, Ellie Kemper is like, that's it. We, we we need to get that doll. So they try to go in to get it, right? They agree. Let's, let's try to steal it at night. These two uh, people who are, have not broken bad quite yet. <laughs> yes. They, they drive over. They break in and they're like oh should we do it or whatever uh jeff makes a comment oh that's it we're criminals when they go in and they start talking about how they need to sell uh this ugly this ugly kid this ugly boy (laughs) this ugly little boy um to like an old lady and unfortunately uh they are overheard by uh, the kid who thinks he's being called ugly, but really they're just talking about the doll. <laughs> so the kid thinks, oh no, they're going to try to sell me to an old woman. And he has these like visions of, oh gosh, him, like really over the top, like him being sold to this old woman. And he also has this dramatic flashback to that joke from earlier of like, oh, I sold my kid. He's all scared. He's all nervous. He actually does something that Kevin at the beginning of the movie, would never do. Would never do. And what's that? He uh, called for help. Yes! He calls the police! He gets a phone. No. Oh, wait. He doesn't get a phone. He, yeah, he just, like, sets off the, um, the not Alexa. He de- Yes, there's a not Alexa in the movie, which has been, like, hacked to be uh, speaking in German, which makes Jeff and Pam I don't think, think it was hacked. There's... I think it was, like, a prank from Not one hacked. of the other kids, right? No, 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 yeah, no. The uh, Bad choice of words. One of the kids in the house, like, changed the settings so that it would be German. I I, I use the word hack 
which gives the 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 child too much credit. <laughs> it just changed the language settings. But Jeff and Pam, they think, oh, there's like someone German in the house. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's living with his grandma right now. <laughs> Yeah. So they're like, uh oh. And they're like, on the count of three, let's run. At which point you pointed out, why don't they just start running? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like at this point in time there were any traps or anything that they were scared of. Yeah. So they, but but they try to run out, but the police do show up. And boy, is there a gradual reveal of just who showed up as the police. And lo and behold, who is it, Michael? It's Buzz McAllister. Buzz, Buzz McAllister. You remember Buzz McAllister? You remember Kevin's older brother from the original films, his his pesky older brother. Uh, and, and they make sure that you know, because it says McAllister, like, like on on his wardrobe. It's very clear. And, and then they, you, cut they also very close yeah. to it to make <laughs> yeah. sure you did not miss it. They they cut to it just to show that. And it's weird because, like, the movie, you know, aside from the fact it's aware of our expectations and that it kind of rushes through the Home alone things, nothing else about it is really a sequel. But th- when they push in and have that extreme close-up of the McAllister... That just does not make any sense if this is a standalone movie. Like, I know that doesn't matter as a complaint, but I did find it notable because it's just like, it's weird. It's not within the, in the spiritual intent of the rest of the film. You know what I mean, Michael? I, I, I get what you're going for, but also it's Home yeah. Alone 6. We're doing a Home Alone <laughs> for some Awakens right now. I know. I know. I know. Look, this listen, the, I, Luke I love that they're doing came this. back yeah. Yeah. in this scene. No, this is more like Han coming back. Well, n- no, it's not like if Han came back. It's like if, I don't know, like P- Punto Babu or whatever came back. And you're like, oh, it's Punto Babu from Star Wars. <laughs> Ma you know. Clunky. Ma Clunky. No, that'd be Greedo. Get your weird, dumb Star Wars names right, Michael. Um, I know yeah, that's no, not it's... the same character, but as we established oh, okay. last year, McClunky's yes. The sign of someone that you haven't seen in a while. I'm just excited to see him again. <laughs> yeah, this is someone we haven't seen in a while. That's a really good point. And we are excited to see him again. Look, I'm happy that he's here. I'm not gonna like nitpick about like oh they cut in close on this. It's it's Buzz. We're we're excited to see Buzz. And they also they had shown us earlier there was like the McAllister like security uh sign. Surprisingly that, subtle that, for the reference they were making. Yes, yes. McCall protected by McAllister home security. So they were building up to this. They they were building up to it. So maybe, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take back my criticism earlier because that was just the movie being like, hey, remember how we showed you? It's protected by McAllister Home Security. This is the McAllister that showed up. Nothing about some other movie that you had to see to understand this one. So you know what? It's a perfect movie. Never mind. So <laughs> uh, the Je- Jeff and Pam like come up. You know, they're they're already outside. They're, they just make up a story. Well, Pam makes up the story. She really takes the lead. She's the smarter one of the two. Yeah, and she's like, she's... Go, in, go in the car. Don't blow yeah. this for us. <laughs> she's the Harry to his Marv, right? And she's right. like, oh, yeah, well, we, he just did it was a mix-up. It's like, oh, well, the alarm went off. The code, yeah, the code is our anniversary. You think he's going to remember that? Ha, 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 ha. And, like, she, like, kind of, like, hits on him. 
to appease him, which Buzz, we, we realize, has has not really grown very much at all. I don't know. Did he, were you getting a sexist vibe from him? Or no? Is that unfair? No, no it's not unfair. Yes, I was. Okay. Getting okay. a sexist yeah. vibe from, from Buzz McAllister from Home Alone. Because she's like, oh, if it was in another... <laughs> what does she say? Like... In, like, another lifetime, maybe there could have been, <laughs> there could have been, she doesn't literally say, like, there could have been something between us, but, like, she lays it on Yeah, she, she, she implied it. Yes. And he's like, ooh, adultery, okay. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, they flirt a little back and forth, whatever. At one point, uh, the kid even yells from inside, what does he say, like, aren't you gonna book them or something? Yeah, he's like, detain them. Detain, detain them. them. And he's like. And then, yeah. Did you hear yeah. that? And then, in, in which case, the kid decides to be silent. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, uh, it was nothing. We're good. It was good. We're not. It's good. We're nothing. 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 Goodbye. And he leaves. And then the kid is like, oh, so like, does he call the police again? Does he try to go up? So we see he has this vision, this imaginative vision of if he went up to tell Buzz, my mom left me at home alone and... Buzz going, wait a minute, she left you at home alone? And then, like, it cuts to, in his imagination, his mom being in jail. So it's like, oh, why'd, why'd he have to say something? He got his mom in big trouble for doing that. And I actually thought that was also a kind of clever invention for the movie, you know? Because everyone's like, oh, why does it, Kevin, like, call the police early? Like, I appreciated this inclusion of, like, hey, this is, this is why he's not going to try to call the police again. Because suddenly he... He puts together in, like, child logic that, like, maybe he would get his mom in trouble. But, you know, like, that was, that was good. Yeah, good enough. But speaking of his mom, oh, they're, they're struggling. Because they can't just call the, the house. Because nobody has a landline anymore since it's not 1993. Which seems like a very specific year to mention. And you would think, oh, well, they said it's not 1993 because that's when... <laughs> Home Alone came out. But Home Alone came out in 1990. And Home Alone 2 came out in 1992. So, I don't know why they said, it's not 1993. <laughs> oh, I also forgot to mention, uh, I think the most impressive thing that I got right from my bingo card, which I, I, I get a few different things right in this. I get, like, modern technology traps. I get the fact that they can't, like, curse. They actually make a whole meal out of, like, oh, you can't say that word. Or, like, he, like, starts to say a curse and then stops himself, like the kid. But Yeah, he sees an elf on the shelf and he's like, well, I'm a good kid. Say, don't tell that to Santa. Right. But the I wrote down Angels with Filthy Souls reboot. And to remind you, Angels with Filthy Souls is the movie that he watches kevin watches in the original like that black and white movie that he uses to like fool the burglars the one from detective pikachu you know the one there is an angels with filthy souls reboot and it's a like a sci-fi reboot yeah it's very star trek s <laughs> and the, like the, like you could tell it's angels with filthy souls because like the dialogue is similar of like the, i'm gonna give you the count of ten like like that kind of stuff and then uh they say while well, while it's on screen Oh, it's so sick of the, so sick of why they have to remake everything or whatever. <laughs> that is pretty much word for word what he said. But you know what they say? Holiday classics were meant to be broken. There's a call in to the police that Buzz gets about a kid being home alone. Um, and Buzz explains, oh, it's a prank call. Because, and then we hear some Home Alone music kick in. Some John, John Williams music, actual music, not like the knockoff Uncanny Valley music. 
he says, well, when, when, when we were kids, my family left alone, left home alone, my brother, Kevin, twice. Twice. And twice. <laughs> he doesn't check the twice. And Kevin puts in a 911 call about a kid being home alone every year, every year without fail. So clearly it's a prank call. Um, and then he just kind of goes, he like hangs up. It's like, yeah, it's definitely a prank. Nice try, Kevin. Nice try. Trout sniffer and a little callback. And that was cute. I thought that was cute, Michael. It's very irresponsible. Like it is very he's probably irresponsible. Uh, there was also a weird shot of it was like a very it was a close up of his like chest and his food was falling all over his chest. It wasn't well, because... really a joke. It also wasn't really foreshadowing anything, as far as I could tell. No, he's he's eating. He's eating a lot. That was the joke, Michael. Very funny. He eats food. Couldn't be me. We never see Buzz again in the rest of the movie, right? He doesn't... Nope. Unless, no. Unless you're counting the credits. Yeah, unless you're counting well, the credits. Uh, uh, make no mistake. I'm not referring to a credit sequence. I, I'm <laughs> right. referring to the credits where they list all the names of the actors. Yeah, and they still like a little like drawn version of him. So, th- so that's it. So Legends say he's still eating that burrito in his car. So no Macaulay Culkin in this movie. Now, and and let me also be clear, Macaulay Culkin returned uh, for that. What was that one commercial? It was Google. So he returned for that, and he also returned for the Angry Video Game Nerd episode about Home Alone games. But he did not return <laughs> for Home Alone Six, the movie on Disney Plus. You gotta save it. I gotta respect him. <laughs> I gotta respect him for not coming back he knows his worth he's like look i'll come back if i'm like the main attraction if it's about me and like how cool it is that i'm here like but i'm not gonna play second fiddle to some new kid not happening not happening good for you macaulay good he'll come you. back for home sweet home alone too <laughs> will he will they make that no i don't know uh, that's well, my prediction right here they're not gonna make yeah. another home sweet home alone movie they're going yeah. to make another Home Alone movie, and it'll be like a like an anthology series. Oh God! And Max is going to be um, a police officer in the next one. Oh, <laughs> they're gonna wait that long, huh? Or are they just gonna cast an Time adult? Skip. Time skip. Okay. So, uh, next up is we get a scene and. Boy, this really spat right in the face of one of my uh, bingo squares because I wrote down no church because there's that big church scene in the first Home Alone where like he sees old man Marley and it's like the big emotional scene. So I was like, I think that in my cynical predictions for how they're going to make this movie, there's going to be no church scene, but there is a church scene. They go to church, not just uh, the, the, the boy goes, but also... Our fabulous uh, young young couple, Jeff and Pam, are at church. And it is here where Kenan Thompson, their real estate agent, who pops up a few times throughout the movie to remind you that he is, in fact, in everything now. He says that there's an offer on the house and they need to uh, uh, accept it by New Year's because they're not going to get a better offer. So this kind of sets up like, all right, well, ticking clock again. They got to go get the doll, right? Right. And also, you have Max, like, confiding in 
this like charity organizer lady at the church about how he lost his parents. Yeah, they were having a donation drive for toys. For like toys. Yeah. Um which <laughs> I thought it was funny when he was walking over and she was like, These are for kids in need. He was like, Oh, I'm a kid in need. In need of one of these. <laughs> like grabs one of the toys. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, he's like, I lost my parents. And then she, well, she thinks they're like, well, dead, you know. Yeah, you know, deceased. <laughs> yeah, deceased. X's in their eyes. Which is a funny little miscommunication, because we as the audience know that they're just across the world. <laughs> Once again, a miscommunication in this movie. This movie runs on miscommunication. That's the only reason why <laughs> any of this conflict is happening. Because <laughs> of miscommunication. So, of course, it also drives this part of the comedy. But, I have to say, arguably, it is a little inconsistent that he's too afraid to tell the police, but he'll tell this random other adult about the fact that he's been left alone, right? Like, isn't he worried about the mom? Isn't he worried? Well, this is some old lady at church. Old ladies at church won't put your parents in prison like Buzz McAllister would. I could buy that. I could yeah, buy I mean, that. I don't know. Like, she, she's here to help all these other kids. Why would he assume she's there to, to harm him? That's pretty tight logic, I would say. So we get <laughs> it's to... It's tight enough logic for Home Alone 6. So we get to uh, this other sequence where they try to, again, break into the home. While we cross-cut with Oh Holy Night being sung in the church, which, in fact, was a Christmas song in the first movie, which was one of my bingo squares. So cross that one off and uh they cross cut with while they're trying to like get in and they like keep falling in the same way yeah it was a weird scene because they fell like three times in a row in the exact same way and there's not even anything particularly interesting about the shot it's just like a gate with snow on it there's not even like wacky decorations that they're trying to like used to to grab and get up it's just a a brick gate and they slip and fall like the amount of time i'm spending explaining this like triple that and it's just as (laughs) on paper it should be a funny scene uh because like i like the idea of cross-cutting with the dramatic heavenly music but there just isn't enough variety i almost feel like it should have been in rhythm with the music yeah it seems like, look, it, it it could have been, if it was executed properly, it could have been a funny scene. But this is also when I start to realize, wait a second, we have a bit of a problem here. Because the burglars in this movie, uh, we like them. They're sympathetic characters. And when we watch them, like, falling down, not only is it not funny because, like, it's not, like, done very well in terms of, like the, like, the slapstick comedy, but also just, like, we care about their plight. So, like, we are really predisposed to not laugh at this sequence. Yeah, in the first film, you're like, oh, we're, we're rooting for Kevin. It's so satisfying seeing everything Kevin does, like, work out. In this one, you're like, no, no, stop, stop. Look, just just do it correctly. Just, right. you know, get past all the traps. Yeah. And, like, they go to the wrong, they, they go to the wrong house, and they, like, like, land they they get they splash around in the pool by accident because they walk over the like the tarp and they fall in the pool and they're like freezing and 
they even like are like questioning like wait a minute we maybe it's a sign that we shouldn't do this maybe the universe trying to tell us something and then they fall down the stairs in like a sudden jump scare effect and you're like oh my god it's very it's very strange like we feel like it's not fair to them that this is happening (laughs) we're not laughing we're just we're sad for them we're sad and and they even they go out of their way to be like oh it's sympathetic because they get that video of their their daughter singing in the church yeah and they're like like, oh look this is beautiful (laughs) and then she's like oh we we, we gotta break in and they're like oh yeah we keep going into the climax basically at this point uh because we have the what do they call it the home bot the way they say oh the kid is like max like set up the booby traps and it's programmed to not respond to that uh naughty word which is in english even though it was changed to german and that was the whole point well i mean earlier they they changed it back they did change it back, but like, at what point would the parents have set that as a uh, as something? I assume when it was aware. normal before they they got pranked. Oh, Michael, this is my running bit of ridiculous nitpicks that should not matter in a movie that has glaring problems. Well, if you want ridiculous nitpicks that should not matter, uh, I've been waiting for a certain oh, scene yeah? to pop up, and I can't actually remember if we're past it or not at this point. Okay, I feel you like we're right around it. it. When they're driving to the house, and it's mm-hmm. it's snowmageddon, if you will. Oh yeah, snowpocalypse, yeah. if you, right. if you would rather. Um, right. they're they're driving in, and the the road it's a little icy, so they like mm-hmm. drive pretty much headfirst into like a streetlight, and then right. Max here is watching it, and he goes, "Yes, yes, 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 yes," which implies he like. <laughs> Had something to do with had it. Had something to do with it. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, did I miss something yeah, in the montage? I, I thought that too. I was like, that's weird. Because to me, that just seems like something that was unrelated. And that was just them being goofy and sympathetic. I mean, but, maybe he just said yes because he was like, oh, this is such great news. But they then like hit the... in, in, in the, in the like, light, there was a big, yeah. like, Santa decoration. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is why I was like, maybe he, like, set it up. Maybe he put, I don't know, extra water. Because it showed him, like, with a, with a hose, like, just squirting the um, driveway. So I thought maybe that was supposed to also do me refer to this. And then the, it, it the Santa, like, been. lands on the front of their car, and, and they're jump-scared. Look, they don't want to give away the traps, Michael. They just have to hint at them. So they showed a little bit of the hook. Like, okay. Well, I just wasn't enough. sure. Because that's outside of the house. This is a perfect movie, Michael. This is a Christmas classic. How dare you say these things? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> ruining your childhood right now. Uh, that that does happen. Like, the, I, the, the only thing we're skipping over is, like, the, the setup of they're like, okay, uh, Jeff and Pam are like, we need to get into the house. Uh, I'll dress up as Santa jeff comes up with that'll trick him this uh battle plan uh that's what max is doing the battle plan which like has the the music that you remember from what they do in the first movie and the transitions. yeah i was about to say all jokes aside the transitions were fire you gotta you have to see it for yourself because this is transition from each shot like i don't know who worked on this sequence but some clearly, intern they that were was like... not paid enough that really wanted to prove their chops to Disney. Some Doctor Strange magic was going on here. These are my like two minutes of the movie, 
and I am going to make them count. I actually would, like, legitimately recommend, like, just looking up a clip on YouTube or, dare I say, even watching Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney+. Plus. Skipping it's about, like, 55 and a half minutes into the movie. I wrote it down because I, I, <laughs> I wanted to recommend it to the viewers. There's a particular transition where he's, like, looking at the battle plan, and then it cuts to him, like, spraying the his driveway with water. And it looks yes. like he's, like, spraying off the battle plan. It looks really cool. That's when I was yes. like, oh, wow, this is great. There's a really good transition before that, but that one was the one where I was like, oh, wow. Whoever did this yeah. was not paid enough. They have one where, like, it zooms in. Like, there's, like, the hot sauce, and then there's, like, a like a flame <laughs> that, like, fills, <laughs> yeah. fills the frame. Um, Like, a lot of just, like, crazy, like, didn't have to do it like arguably would be like too showy and over the top but absolutely fits the tone of like this like hectic battle plan sequence and it was just it was just fun it like, filled were, me with some good. of that childlike christmas wonder that's right uh but enough of that childlike christmas wonder because we're full on into the the burglars are here at one point they were wet they did get wet when they went into the pool, and I was hoping that when they came home to their kids, the kids would be like, you look like <laughs> some wet bandits. <laughs> did not happen. Which, I... When watching, I was waiting for that joke to happen, but I legitimately yeah. feel like they did not make the connection, because I yeah. feel like this movie is not smart enough to be that subtle with a <laughs> reference to the first Home Alone. You did point out when it happened, you were like, they're wet, bro. Like, I don't think I would have thought of it, in, in, in fairness. But you picked right up on it, so good for you. Um, yeah, but here's where... You know how I said, I foreshadowed at the beginning, that, like, about this holiday classic being broken, about this movie breaking Home Alone? This is where it becomes fully apparent, because I feel like up till this scene, I'm like, I'm not thinking it's a good movie, but I am, like, I'm not, like, thinking that it's, like, an abject failure. You know, like, there are things that, exactly as I said, like, the stuff that they have to rehash, they're sort of rushing through. But I'm respecting the attempt to be different enough within the severe constraints that they have. But right. now that, like, we're full on into the, like, is that fair? Do you think that's fair? I do. Because, yeah. like, this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. But, like... It's not great. <laughs> it's not great, and now we're at the worst part. Because we have our equivalent to the Wet Bandits uh, start slipping and falling, going, this is not going well. And not only is it not funny, like we were talking about earlier, because like, we like sympathize with their plight, but also there's no tension. Because we know that this kid's not in any real danger. They're not gonna they're not gonna yell, I'm gonna kill that kid. Like they start to get frustrated, but like there we know the the worst thing that could happen is just these two adults that we care about will continue to get mildly hurt. But we even are pretty like we're pretty confident that like they're not gonna go to jail like our other wet bandits did. Like it'll be a happy ending for everybody. And certainly the kid is in no danger at all. Like, at one point you have Ellie Kemper just, like, crying in sadness. Like, and it's played for comedy of, like, haha. But I'm like, no. So many times it's... during this, she's like, we we just want to talk. We just want to yeah. talk. <laughs> they keep saying that. 
it's it's really and the kid just doesn't listen in a way it feels a little bit like and i guess this is where you get sort of some of that like sasha baron cohen like sketch comedy like adapted into a feature roots of like it feels a little like a home alone sketch of like what if the burglars were sympathetic and they were like sorry we just it's a misunderstanding and the, and the kid was just like a devil torturing them there's like a little bit of a shade of that but they also have to try to make the kid kind of sympathetic too even though he has like less screen time so like it's it just doesn't it doesn't quite work i'm, I'm sorry to say uh this is it's no surprise to say the reviews for this movie are not good <laughs> but i feel like the reviews are maybe i i'd even go so far as to say is they're they're a little harsh but to be fair i don't think i would give it a positive review myself it's like a 3.5 on i think on imdb on rotten tomatoes it has an 18 percent um with 61 reviews and like I don't know. Is this an 18 movie? It's, <laughs> like, it's better it? than that. I was at least entertained at some points in the film. See, we're subverting our I feel like a, a, a number that low. Listen, the transitions alone bump yeah. it up to at least a four. Exactly. That, that's all I'm trying to say here. Um, They have some... <laughs> you made a really good joke because uh, he hits uh, Jeff with that pool ball and... <laughs> it makes a it makes a sound and he says that did not sound right you remember what you said you said that's uh that's you listening to the soundtrack it's sounding close to the real soundtrack oh, from Charlie right, Williams, right, but not quite <laughs> and then um i get another bingo thing correct of uh, a technological trap because there's this vr headset that he puts on uh jeff yeah it was like um like in the middle of a desert like a a grand canyon-esque yeah location um right and he was like i gotta jump to the other side of this because for some reason I... instead of just standing there. yeah um <laughs> he thinks he's in heaven as well he, he's he's strange but, he, but like, when he when jumps he, yeah right well let's just say it's it's in vr so he jumps head first into a giant glass drawer a cabinet yes Full of and he falls fine down. china and <laughs> other collectibles. And you expect, okay, well, they set up, he's in VR. We're going to see, like, the horrifying sight of him plummeting to exactly. what he thinks is his death in VR. But they just don't. We just see it in real life, and then he, like, falls down. And and then, like, yeah. Yeah, he, he falls down in front of the door. <laughs> right. And then Pam, like, tries to get in to the house. And she's, like, slamming the door against it. Like, there's something in front of the door. And then she sees, like, oh, no, it's my husband. And then he gets, like, this huge welt on his head. And it was at that point that I said, I'm sad, Michael. Because, like, I care about this guy. And he's, like, hurt really bad. And it's not funny. We do some other pranks. Hardy har. They, like, he hits her with the, you know, the yoga ball. We get, the, we st we get some Home Alone music starting to play at one point. And it makes you think, oh, yeah, we <laughs> could be watching Home Alone. <laughs> um, you sure do get that feeling quite a few times in this movie, huh? I like the part when uh, Max jumped off the balcony and he lands on a trampoline that uh, Jeff can't see from his vantage point. But he he thinks <laughs> that <laughs> Max just jumped off and like killed himself. <laughs> so he goes, Pam, he jumped off the balcony. And at this point, Pam 
is really kind of frustrated because she's tried a number of times to be like, listen, kid, we just want to talk. We just want and like has just been pummeled. So when she hears this news that the kid jumped off the balcony, she says, good. (laughs) (laughs) And I think was that our biggest laugh in the movie? Maybe. Maybe. We got to keep you on the edge of your seat. (laughs) There's funny stuff yet to come. No, there isn't. Um, oh, by the way, I should mention, you know how it was a big deal for, like, the mom to get back to her child, Kevin, in the original movie? Because, right. like, there's, like, the snowstorm and all that, like, and this, you, you may be wondering, why aren't we following that thread at all in this podcast? Because the movie barely does. It's just like, oh, she gets a ticket, and we, like, cut to her twice, like, on the plane, on the way back. The most inconvenience he has to deal with is the the person, the passenger next to her, is looking at her screen, on, and by the like, way, the, her screen yeah, is the showing plane. the route of the plane. Which is also, like, what his screen is Which showing. Which is what his screen is showing. But the point I'm trying to make is, it's not like there's any personal information on that screen. Right. Like, he seemed like he it's was just weird. kind of, like, dazed. You know? Like, he just yeah. was kind of tired. He's on a plane. And she's like, stop looking at my screen. Okay? This is the worst moment of my week. I didn't get what the joke was. <laughs> yeah like why well, they don't try to make you care about like oh no the mom misses her kid or the kid misses his mom like that's not like there's no real attempt at that and on one level i respect that that it's trying to do something different and it's trying to be like look let's just dispense with the stuff that's like a hollow remake of the original and focus on the stuff that's different but also then you have this big part of your movie that arguably should be at least somewhat central that just doesn't actually matter at all which is not good um but also just zooming in on this like the bit like i mean it could have just been like she like paid for an in-flight movie and like he didn't and then he's like watching hers and it's like get your own movie i don't know something i almost <laughs> thought it was like a character from the original film i don't think how is. prevalent he was in the scene once again a scene just goes on for way too long with one joke, yeah. and they're yeah. like, okay, we know you laughed at this joke the first five <laughs> times, but it's the sixth movie, so we gotta do it a sixth time. And then they realize, finally, they they talk it out. They, they come to an understanding. They're like, please, stop. Um, well, actually, first, she, she pulls, like, was like a Nerf gun on the kid? She's like you picked the wrong. Mom we're not to talking with. about the plane, the mom on the plane, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're back. Um, we're talking about Pam, the yeah. mom. I mean, yes. even in the scene, she could have been like looking around on the plane, and there could have been, you know, that kid behind her that like takes your seat, and she's like, Ugh, oh yeah, kid Annoying kicking kid. your seat, and then she's like, well, I wish my kid was here to kick my seat, something like that, you know. Because there's a scene in the airport where she's, like, watching a few other families, like, with their kids. And she's like, oh. Right. They could have tied that into the flight. Made her feel a bit sad. Pulled the heartstrings a little bit. I made a joke that they were going to start playing Somewhere in My Memory again. And it would just be, like, every time a mom, like, has a wistful memory about better times with her <laughs> with her kids, we do it. And then it, we do it, like, that would be the second time. And then the third time would be some sort of jokey one of, like, I don't know, some, like, random minor character. <laughs> yeah, I remember in the first film when there's, like, the annoying guy at the airport 
but actually it turns out he helps her get back home. <laughs> yeah, well, this one's just an annoying guy and that's it. Yeah, they don't do that. He does not help in <laughs> any way. Yeah. He's annoying. He doesn't need his help. And uh, that does not pay off. She's already on the plane in route. There's no help needed. She's good to go. Like, she's coming home. She'll be fine. The kid is fine because the burglars don't present any threat. There is literally no tension. The only the only tension is just, oh, is this is this couple going to have to, like, keep getting hurt slash, like, give up their house that the kids don't want to give up? Like, that's where, like, the tension is coming from, I exactly. guess. But I don't know. I feel like they could have given them some more severe tension because I did I did have an investment in that main couple. But these aren't high stakes for anyone involved. <laughs> it's Pam is saying this. You pick the wrong mom to mess with. It's, it's doing this from like the top of the stairs and then it's like she falls and lands on the ground and the floor below and like she hurts her face like hard on the floor in a way that like kind of like marks a tonal shift of like okay wait no it's too much it's like she kind of gets up like this is too please please just listen to us here's where finally they realize oh this is all just a big misunderstanding you thought uh, you didn't take the doll um and we're not trying to sell you to an old lady. Is this a big misunderstanding? What did you think of this sequence, Michael? I'm curious. I wish it happened earlier. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, there was a point in the movie where I genuinely thought that, like, the bad tagline, um, wh what exactly was it? Um, holiday classics oh, were holiday meant to be broken. <laughs> I thought they yeah. were going to subvert what you were expecting going into a Home Alone sequel. Oh, the burglars right. are going to get completely destroyed and turn it into, like, them working together to either, like, steal the doll from wherever it was. Um, yeah. Or something. That would have been great. But, well, I don't know about great. That would have been interesting. <laughs> but, um, no, it was exactly what one would expect. Right. Uh, going into But in a way... In a way, it is kind of cool to see it be like the climax is playing out like the Home Alone climax. But then instead of, oh, the burglars threaten to kill the kid and then are knocked out by a heroic neighbor. It's just they realize, oh, no, wait, we're so sorry. And you're home by yourself? You're not with your, like, German grandmother? <laughs> we'll protect you because we're parents. Yeah, exactly. And... That was nice. That was Very nice. Sweet. I thought that was kind of nice. Like Yeah, the turnaround it, it was... on, on them uh, being excited about him jumping off the balcony to, we'll protect you. Very sudden, but it felt believable. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little quick. But they did realize, like, oh, this kid well, thought I mean, we were trying you, to kidnap him. When you learn it all, you're like, oh, well, well let's, let's be, let's have a nice Christmas together. Yeah, like we he thought he thought we were trying to kidnap him. Like so we understand. It was maybe a little over the top, but we get it. Um so like, you know, in that in that scene alone, I see the potential of this movie. I'm not going to say it was a good movie, but I see like okay, yeah, like I can see them like pitching it and you get to that part in the outline and everyone's like, "Oh wow. That's different." You know, like, cool. Um, and they have this part of, like, he's like, oh, I think my, like, my mom's gonna get me in really big trouble, but, you know, 
Pam being the mom that she is, is just like, no, no, that's not going to be it. She's just going to be so happy that you're safe. And like, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing. And then we cut to their, uh, they go back into uh, their home because uh, they're going to like sort of watch over him until his actual mom comes home. And they just kind of say in like some quick throwaway dialogue, oh, yeah, we called the mom off screen. And Max is like, oh, yeah, she cried happy tears. I didn't even know you could do that. So we don't <laughs> see the yeah, moment. Once again, uh, yeah. his family has what should be like an important beat. Just yeah. not shown. Just not shown at all. Like we do. Don't get me wrong. We see her come home and like the reunion is had. But like unlike the original movie where the mom came in and like she didn't know like her son could have been dead. For all she knew. And in the, in this movie, she like, she had already heard, oh, he's fine. He's at home. He's being, he's, he, well, he's not at home. He's at this, these, these other people's home, but he's being taken care of. It's all good. So like, yeah, like she's happy when she sees him, but that's about it. Um, and they start kind of summing up the theme of the movie about like, what makes this house so special is us. It's not, it's not the house. It's us because they admit, uh, Jeff and Pam admit to their kids where we have to sell the house. And Max kind of chimes in like, you know, it's, it's right. Your mom speaks a lot of sense. Without my mom and dad, this house that I was in really doesn't, doesn't feel like home. Yeah. You're kind of just like, okay, that's interesting. So they are going to sell the house. I mean, it was a sweet message. Yeah. Uh, they don't go with that. <laughs> Which sucks. I do. I think it's bad. Yes, <laughs> they do all that nice because, right stuff, and then they backtrack uh, immediately afterwards. Because what we find out is the son of the brother uh, of Jeff is the one that actually took the doll, and he almost drops it down the stairs and breaks this like really priceless doll. But they all try to catch it in a big slow mo thing, and like you know, there's a lot of falling down for Jeff and Pam. But Max does ultimately catch it. And it's like, okay, so then they can, they can sell it. They can sell the doll and then they don't have to leave their home. It's a Christmas miracle. But then we were like, wait a second. Cause they start setting up, like the mom shows up and takes Max back. And it's like, oh, I hope we didn't make a big mess in the house. And we go, wait a second. Oh, we know what it's going to be. They're going to instead use the money to pay to fix the other house, which is in disrepair from all like the traps and craziness from a home alone climax. And it will be that they can't keep this house and they'll stick to this message of, you know, it's it's your it's your family. That's important, not your home. That's they don't do that. <laughs> they just say, oh, actually, we sold the doll. It paid for our mortgage. It paid for your guys' new chandelier. It, it paid for everything. So like. Yeah, like, they do pay to help fix stuff, and, like, they do, like, a one-year-later time jump after you see Max and his mom go back and find the house in disrepair. The doll paid for everything. It's all fixed. It's all good, Michael. It's all good. No sacrifices needed to be had. Your family does matter more than your home, but it would also be nice if you could keep your home, too, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So then a year later, they all have the Christmas feast, and you get the same music that closed out the end of the other movie. And then they show the credits and John Hughes gets a story by credit because there was enough taken from the original to call this just like a straight up remake. <laughs> it's not just based on like there has to be in a story by credit because I guess legally they were like, 
there is too much similar <laughs> that you have to do this. Uh, but that, yeah, that's home sweet home alone. Am I, am I angry at this movie? No. Am I disappointed with this movie? Well, yeah, I know. And, and as you all know, disappointed is worse than being angry at it. But I'm not disappointed in the way that I expected to be disappointed by it, right? Yeah, like, I was expecting it to just be, oh, it's Home Alone, the same movie. But like, yeah. you know, it's not the first one and you've seen all the jokes right. before. They tried, which is yeah. respectable. They did try. And like, I watched this and I don't feel like, ugh. This is going to taint my experience of then watching the Home Alone that I do care about. Like, no, it just, it happened. It's not like, I won't say it's in and out. Like, it, it's not like, it, it doesn't feel that short. But like, it occurs, it doesn't feel so beat for beat that it's distracting. The stuff that is rehashed is like hollow, like almost intentionally and, and, and dispensed with as quickly as possible. So you're just like, okay, sure, I guess. Why not? A little bit one ear out the other, but an attempt was made. Yeah, I mean, it, you can have it on while, like, the family's all together. Like, you're not really paying attention, but, like, you're having dinner, you're playing a game, have a song in the back. Right. Because if your family's there, that's what's important. <laughs> um, but, if, but if you get some really nice gifts, too, that that's also pretty cool. Exactly. All right. So, Michael... I think that's most of what we can say about Home Sweet Home Alone. But what I would love to know is what are we going to talk about on the second episode of the second season of Checking It Twice? Well, I hate to tell you that I'm not going to reveal that information. What? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm sorry. It's um, it's hidden in my jacket pocket, safe <laughs> for from, from any burglars that might try and break into my home. But I do have this nice box of cheese pizza for you to hopefully uh, make the weight a little more tolerable. That's from the other movie, yeah, not from this that's one. That's right. Wink. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the few differences: the presence of a cheese pizza. <laughs> I think there was a pizza on the counter at one point. It was just a pizza box. I don't think anyone opened it. No attention was drawn. I don't know if that was intentional. It might have just been they there there was a pizza there. I think I it actually know. was for like the set. It was just for this. Oh, it was just. <laughs> I, think, I think I think it was accidentally filmed. <laughs> they just got in the shot by accident. The craft services. Yeah, it's like uh, Game of Thrones. Remember <laughs> the coffee cup. Yeah, yes. same level of uh, immersion breaking. Yes. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our season premiere. We hope you're excited for us to spread more holiday cheer over the course of this seasonal season and yeah we'll see you next time see you next time Bye bye season's greetings premiere season season's premiere greetings you filthy animal you filthy animal